This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show, where each week we discuss best practices in the field of customer experience management. I'm Tom DeWitt, Director of CXM at MSU, and I'm joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Bob Keipel, Vice President of CX of M and retired Global CX Executive with General Motors. Without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show. I'm Tom DeWitt, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Bob Keipel. We're really excited today to welcome Dana Masek um, from the CX uh, division of, of Ford Motor Company. Dana, over the past six months, has held um, some very interesting positions there, which we're going to discuss today. Uh, her present role, though, is CX strategy and transformation manager, which in and of itself is probably one of the more interesting job titles that I've ever heard in CX. Welcome to the show, Dana. Thank you. Really glad to be here. Yeah, welcome. Um, yes, that sounds like a difficult job. And uh, as Tom mentioned, in the past several years, you would had a number of interesting roles with Ford. And we'd like to just learn a little bit more about these roles and the CX function overall at Ford. Until recently, you served in the role of Employee Engagement Assessment Manager. So can you just get us started by telling us a little bit about Ford's motivation to understand employee engagement? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, we know that happy employees lead to more loyal customers, right? Um, but the challenge always is that corporate employees rarely, if ever, have the chance to engage directly with customers. So the drive and the motivation to understand employee engagement really is focused on those frontline employees that interact directly with customers. And while I don't want to get ahead of myself, um, you know, honestly, I think employee engagement and employee experience is truly the foundation of a great customer experience plan. Um, she is right. I totally agree with this approach. This, we're off to a good start here. <laughs> when you're talking about um, engaging with frontline, uh, you know, frontline people engaging with employees versus corporate people, um, are you doing anything to like get people out of the glass house and out to uh, actual dealerships and doing jobs uh, side by side with people in dealerships? So we, we are at a dealership level for sure. And, um, you know, really trying to gauge employee engagement at that level um, and understand, you know, what makes these employees tick? How do they feel? Um, certainly, Bob, you're familiar with the dealership uh, business model. And, um, you know, those employees live in their own little ecosphere, if you will, at the dealership. And so it's really digging in and understanding, you know, how they feel in their communities. Uh, many dealerships are on main street of, you know, every country in the world and um, cultures are different. And uh, certainly we're really interested in making sure we understand what's happening at that employee level. And so just sorry if I can just follow up one more time on this one. Um, so are you in your role? Are you looking at global or U.S. or what's your geographic span? We are a global organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you know. 
and that that opens up um, a whole Pandora's box, right? Because you know you've got these different cultural influences. You've got um, even different definitions in terms of how how people define their roles at the dealership level and that personal interaction. That must be really fascinating. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know we we know that the cultures are different, and um, certainly. Uh, re reporting up through management is different um, in these different cultures, you know, not, not to mention just um, transparency and trust and feeling like you can answer a survey or give feedback um, without any kind of retaliation. So, you know, we take all of that into account and really try to dig down and um, get to the root of it. So, you know, let's talk a little more detail about the information you gather so what steps did you take in, in, in that role to understand employee engagement and, and, and how did you use it? Yeah, so, um, you know, when it comes to employee engagement, the first step and really the most important step is to identify and gain commitment from an executive advocate, right? So this is someone that's at the top of any organization, whether it's an automotive company, whether it's a different retail chain, and in a franchise business model, it might just be that top level executive at that local dealership level. Um, so you really want that person at the top of their organization to sign their name to this initiative, really to stand up in front of their employees and say, this initiative is important to me, I am listening, and I will take action, right? So that's the first step, you know? And then next, yeah, you have to decide how is it that you wanna to listen to your employees? Um, so there are lots of options, but really the, the most obvious and the most common practice is to use a survey. Uh, a survey is very functional and relatively easy to set up. Um, what's not quite as easy is to identify that KPI or that beacon metric that your organization is going to use to track employee engagement. So many employee engagement programs use ENPS, also known as employee NPS, which is, of course, based on Fred Reichheld's net promoter score. Uh, that is using the question, what is your likelihood to recommend this company as a place to work? Um, it's a great beacon metric, um, but cautionary, um, all by itself, it's not actionable, right? You can't really action on those answers. So next, you have to decide what your driver questions in that survey are going to be. What are you going to ask those employees? And those driver questions, they have to be actionable, they have to be relevant, and they have to be easy for all employees in an organization to answer. Um, and of course, those driver questions have to be highly correlated to or explain the KPI, right? You have to be able to say these are correlated to this. Therefore, I know that if I make changes on these driver questions, it's going to affect my employee engagement. And that's really important. Um, and sometimes those driver questions, it, it can take time to figure out what those are. Um, but, but you start out with something and then you kind of tweak it as it goes, Um you know, and then lastly, kind of what I'll talk through is the survey really will just produce quantitative results. And it's a great start. Like, of course, there could be some verbatim in there. So you're going to get some some comments and, and try to understand what's behind these scores. 
Um, but what I've also learned that's really important is to validate those quantitative results with a qualitative process, right? So in short, go talk to your employees, get them in small groups, get them into teams, share the results of the survey, first of all. You always have to share the results with everybody. And then you get in these small teams and you have dialogue, you know, asking for clarification, asking to better understand, you know, why a certain area or a certain question might have um, had a certain result. Um, this, this is so important, really, because it's building um, trust and it's showing transparency, which is two, two key pillars, really, of, of good employee engagement. And, and you want to leverage your greatest resource, right, your employees. Um, have them provide the input, have them be part of the solutioning and the action plan. Um, because honestly, what is worse than not asking for employee feedback is actually asking for it and then doing nothing. That's that's the worst case. Well, it's funny because when you started sharing out, you know, the thing that popped right in my time in mind anytime you talk about voice of the employee is the importance of closing the loop. You know, and you you, you nailed it. So how, you know, I understand it from a corporate standpoint and you guys engaging, but how do you get these leaders of the dealership networks to buy into that and be part of that process? Because I'm sure, you know, when you talk about trust, it can't just be corporates coming in here to do the survey and they're going to meet with you. It's got to be at the deal at the dealership level. Right. So I've, so I've shared all this information about how I feel about my job here at the dealership, but that really, that information really needs to be acted upon by the management at the dealership level, right? So what do you do to ensure that? Yeah, you're absolutely right, Tom. Um, and that's why I actually started off by saying you you need that executive advocate. And, and that executive advocate doesn't necessarily mean an executive advocate from a corporate location. That means the, the highest level leadership at that store level. So whether it's retail or hotel, restaurant, automotive, um, you're absolutely right. It has to be owned by somebody local, somebody visible, somebody that that frontline employee can see and speak to. Um, and you know, how, like your question, like how do you get there? Um, it takes time. I, I'm not gonna lie. You can't just expect that it's gonna hit a home run right out, right out. Um, it takes a lot of communication with the with whatever leadership is at that that um, store level. So a lot of communication, a lot of meetings, a lot of sharing of information, um, and you know, eventually the 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 ROI, so to speak. And I, I don't, I didn't really want to get into this, but but it, it it's it's a great lead in. Um, you know, often people say, well, what's in it for me? You know, what am I going to get out of this? People at that level where, where they're judging their success based on automotive sales, are, do they see the connection? And, 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 and what role do you play? And how do you convince them of that connection between employee satisfaction and loyalty and, and sales? To you and I, it's really natural, right? But how do you, how do you explain that to a business person? 
Well, you know, how, how I've done it in the past is um, with a team of people who are, are a lot smarter than I am, um, I will admit, because that requires, it requires a lot of math. It requires a lot of math and analytics that, um, quite frankly, it's been too long since I've taken those courses um, to, to remember how to do all that. So, um, so yeah, for, for anyone that's really looking to show that what's in it for me scenario, um, you know, you need to start to collect the, the business outcome metrics. So whether it's sales numbers or financials, you know, whatever you're tracking from a business outcome perspective, you need to start collecting that data. And then you take that data and you compare it to through, you know, statistical analysis, you compare it to the employee engagement data. And, um, you know, if all goes well and you're doing your you're doing your job well, you're going to show that there is a correlation, and and that really is at the end of the day, the the motivation for any business owner to say I need to really engage with my employees because at the end of the day, it does affect my bottom line, and that that's that's the beauty of it is um it's all right there in front of them. It's really simple, isn't it? You know, and I don't know why people try to overcomplicate it. Um, but yeah, that's great. That's great. So right now, um, Dana, you're in a very interesting role as manager of CX trans- strategy and transformation. What does that role entail? Are you, are you in charge of changing culture? Um, yeah, great question. Great question, Bob. Um, so I've officially been in this role since April 1st and, um, and I'm still trying to figure all that out. Um, but seriously, um, you know, customer experience is really all about interactions a customer has with your brand, your company from end to end, right? It's no secret. It's the customer journey. And the point is that it's not about what we, in my case, Ford, it's not about what we think of ourselves. It's about flipping that perspective and really digging in to understand what do our customers think about us? It's, it's, it's like the quintessential empathy. I, we literally have to start putting ourselves in our customers' shoes. And um, as I'm sure you both know, automotive is a mature but very dynamic industry with a very complex shopping, purchasing, and owning process. So as those experiences are ever-changing, we have to stay on that front edge to really understand our consumers and our customers. Um, you know, I, I heard a really interesting statistic, I, I want to say probably in the last three or four months, and, and that is that um, consumers and their expectations are changing faster than industries can keep up. And so, you know, really um, this role in my job is about ensuring that we're staying ahead of that curve. Um, teeing up to all this, of course, was COVID, which was like a perfect storm. Um, it literally propelled all of us into a complete state of disruption. And, and I mean, like at every level, right? Work, school, family, you name it. It, it was a catalyst that forced all of us head first into this digital transformation, you know, like it or not, you know, we have um, aging parents and aging grandparents who, who now are, um, you know, pretty well versed on using Zoom and WebEx and who would have thought that would have ever happened. So, 
you know, when you have these experiences and people start to understand, you know, a little bit more around um, the consumer experience and, and what their expectations are, you know, whether it's shopping at a, at a mall or uh, an anchor store, um, you know, all of that then bleeds into, I now expect this when I go to purchase a car. So, the transformation, like I said, is really about getting ahead of that curve, uh, driving loyalty, and making our customers happy. And so. has has your has your strategy changed just with the advent of like this very successful Mustang Mach E and electrification? Does the whole fact of going to electric vehicles does that add a twist to your job, or is it kind of the same approach across the board anyway? Oh, no, I think, you know, Bob, great question. I think any new um, innovation into our product line, you know, whether it actually be a, a new product or features and functions on our vehicles, that 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 is 100% all part of our, our customer's experience. So every time, and, and that, your question really highlights this whole idea of transformation is that, you know, even though the automotive industry is a mature industry, it's it's very dynamic right now with all of these technologies. And that's kind of the tie. You know, every time we introduce a new technology into the vehicle, that's a new experience. You know, our, our vehicles are little mini computers with four, four tires and wheels on it. And um, that's all just, you know, bringing about all new experiences that we now have to account for and um, be aware of and measure and understand how do our customers feel. So, um, so no, you're, you're spot on. So, um, Dana, you, you bring up some interesting issues, how technology has changed um, the buying process for everything. And, you know, and um, would you agree that to date, because of technology, today's consumer is more knowledgeable than ever before because they can use technology to educate themselves, um, which has become further compounded by COVID because it's not as easy to go into the dealership. So how do you, how do you as an organization prepare for that? How do you help to educate the consumer um, so when they do make that step into the dealership, they have, they've already they, they've got all that information they, they need um, before them, before they ever, before they ever encounter a human being. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really interesting question. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of twofold. Um, of course, we, we do want to ensure and rely on our, our stores and our dealerships to be educated and to be able to walk a customer through any part of the, the shopping and buying experience. Um, and then in addition to that is just making sure that, um, you know, our, our communications and our marketing teams are um, pulling together all of that information and making sure that it's readily available to our consumers so that they can make an educated decision. So it, it, it really does come down to um, that experience of discovery, of really understanding, you know, what product is it that I want to buy? Um, whether it's a car or, or any product, really, you know, what do I want to buy? What are the, the specifications? What are my needs? And you want to anticipate that and make sure that you're meeting the customer, you know, where they are in terms of what they need to know to, to buy the right product. Okay, let, let's turn the tables a little bit here. Um, what, you know, Ford, Ford is a very mature organization, as you mentioned before, um, and uh, with very uh, mature functions. Um, as we think about CX and CX strategy, 
and, and the transformations that we've talked about here in terms of how consumers shop, what's the relevance of organizational transportation, transformation to effective CX strategy? Yeah, so um, so great question, right? So um, first of all, you know, transformation to me is much bigger than just ongoing innovation, right? We, we need to every day be innovating and improving. Um, transformation is, is a much bigger uh, initiative, so to speak. So for any change that massive, um, for me, it's change management. Uh, it's the biggest lesson I've learned um, regarding any transformation um, is to be able to come from this place of, of managing the change. And I will self-confess, uh, I am not an expert on change management. Um, naturally, I love to connect with people. And, you know, sometimes it's those hard to work with colleagues um, that are, are the best experiences, because in my opinion, that's where the real work happens, right? When two people or two teams are coming from completely opposite sides in the midst of a transformation, the only option is that both sides are going to have to move, right? There's, there's no choice in order, in order to get to that common ground. And, you know, um, I spent a chunk of my career in purchasing, so maybe that's where my purchasing negotiating skills kick in, um, you know, and trying to find that common ground. And, and um, for me, whether it's a CX strategy transformation or any kind of transformation, it's, it's about all of these different groups and teams, what they think CX is, how they're using CX, and then trying to find that common ground where we can all... Uh, really gain the best insights, um, you know, and, and I always say to my colleagues, if, if we were perfect at this, then we wouldn't have to transform, right? So transform means that we have some learning and growing to do. Um, and, and in fact, my, my new favorite quote is, uh, don't believe everything you think, right? So just because we've always done it a certain way doesn't mean that that's the right way. So, um, so to, to get to this, this CX strategy and in order to transform, we're going to have to go through some change management and, um, and really make sure, um, in fact, something I said very recently, I need to make sure everybody is marching in the same parade, right? I don't care what instrument you're playing. I just need you to march in the same parade going in the same direction. And, and that's, that's for me really, um, the, the root at transforming um, and, and specifically transforming a CX strategy globally. What a great analogy. I love it. <laughs> I can hear the band playing and it may not be exactly in tune, but at least they're marching in the <laughs> right direction to just, just get yeah. going. <laughs> oh, exactly. It's the whole idea they don't need to be playing. You know, yeah. it's better they're playing different instruments, right? Every, everybody's got their specialization, but just the whole idea, as long as we're, all working towards a common vision, um, common goal. That's great. Yeah, just picking up on this uh, theme, just broad, broad sort of high-level theme. Um, just in terms of a big organization like Ford, people are busy in their specific functions every day, and but, there's, but still, obviously, customer experience is super expensive 
super important. What steps can an organization do broadly? And you mentioned things like getting top person buy-in at the local level and all those sorts of things to be more effective to formulate effective CX strategy. Um, so what kind of requirements are needed in the organization in order to be effective at your CX strategy? Yeah, so um, I would I would answer with really um, kind of a, a four-step process. Um, so, so number one, you have to understand your customer. You have to understand your customer, their journey, and their pain points. Um, and, and this is tough. Like, you need to take a really good, long, hard look at how your customers, uh, how your customer perceives your company. Um, and there needs to be preparation that this is going to take time, effort, and research. This is this is not going to be done in a day or in a week. This this needs to be exhaustive. And and honestly, you know, the deeper you go, the better prepared you're going to be to be able to formulate that meaningful CX strategy. So so the, really, the first thing is literally putting yourself in your customer's shoes, um, and then that's the outward look. The next step is kind of the inward look, which is understanding your organization. And this is where you dig into your own wiring of how your organizations work. And, um, you know, really, you need to start to plot out all those policies, those processes, those disciplines in your own company's workflow. Um, and what, what you're going to find is when you overlay uh, what you've learned about your customer on top of your own processes, you know, you're going to start to see that customer pain points may actually be the symptom of internal company processes, right? You're actually causing the pain points. And you can't really see that until you lay it end to end and kind of lay them on top of one another. So the output of this stage is really to start to reimagine your company's workflow, um, by putting the customer at the center of everything you do. And, and again, like, right, I'm saying this in a couple of sentences, it sounds like it might be easy, but this actually takes time, a lot of time and a lot of energy. Um, and, and I think this is where the work performed at that employee engagement, employee experience level can really help to bring this stage to life. Um, and then after that's done, um, you have to empower your people, right? So once you understand your customers and you understand and reimagine your process with the customer at the center, now you have to empower your employees. And, and really by empower, I mean, give them the tools, the education and training and the trust to make it happen. Um, to, to make those customer experiences come to life the way that you want them to. Um, and then, you know, hold them accountable. You, you have to hold the employees accountable, um, of course, without blame. Um, so sorry to throw that in there, but you can't have a podcast with a little Brene Brown in there. Um, but yeah, you want to you wanna hold them accountable um, in, in the right way and, and certainly without blame. But, but by holding the team accountable, I think everyone sees that they have a part to play. Everyone matters and the pieces start to work cohesively and that's going to have a positive effect on your customer. And then, you know, number four, don't stop moving. You cannot stop moving. It's continuous 
continuous improvement and change. And, you know, the beauty of CX is that it really is a never ending cycle. Um, yeah, you know, talk about job security, right? <laughs> it, does, it doesn't really ever end. It just keeps going. Um, but, but seriously, you know, consumers don't stop. They, they are a never ending evolving entity. And, you know, I would even say that the more social media continues to creep into like every crevice of our lives, the more our consumers are an ever changing and moving target. So really, this is an iterative process. It needs to be done, um, you know, on an annual basis of uh, studying and researching, evaluating, reimagining, and then empowering. And so, um, you know, I think that those are some high level steps to take to, to really start to look at your what, what you have today, a current state, and go through this process and um, start to really build out those experiences that matter most to your customers. Awesome. What a, what a way to close this show, Dana. But, you know, you, you, you really have to illustrate the fact that, you know, customer experience management, it, it's not a flash in the pan. It, it's it's going to be a growing function in, in all organizations. Otherwise, you're going to fail. Um, yeah, I, I agree, you know, and, it, and it's not it's not just automotive. It, it isn't. It's it's restaurants and hotels. You know, at the end of the day, you, you go to a hotel and a room is a room is a room. You know, after a while, it's a place to lay your head down to take a nap and or sleep and and um, enjoy yourself. But it's it's the experiences throughout that process that really make it memorable and drive loyalty. And, and that's where we're starting to see differentiation amongst all these companies. Well, and, and, and you brought up a very important point, the role of technology, what I call the Amazon effect that, you know, we've, we've, we have this wide range of expectations that are based on our ability to search for um, solutions, um, order them whenever, you know, access them and buy them whenever we want and, and expect them to show up at our door front. And why should that be any different for the automotive industry or any industry? In fact, now, now I'm seeing um, drone, drone deliveries are actually going to start happening, um, according to what I've been watching on the news. So, you know, it's like get off, you know, get on the bus or, or you can just forget about it. You know, if you're not on the CX train or bus, um, you're probably going to fail. But uh, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks again, Dana. This has really been great. Uh, listeners out there, whether you turned in, tuned in for the Tom and Bob show or the Bob and Tom show, we're happy to have you. Um, <laughs> you're putting us on the top of the charts. Uh, thanks again, Dana. I look forward to talking to you again. Yeah, awesome. Tom and Bob, really great to chat with you and uh, look forward to our next time together. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tom and Bob show. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends and share it on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you have any ideas or suggestions for future podcasts, send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. After all, you're our customer. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.